athletic competition. It can easily be broken down into two parts. The minutes or hours it takes to complete the event. Then weeks, months, and years of joy or heartbreak. Finally, the decades to analyze and debate it. From the press box to press row, Donald Ware will break it all down for you with an in-depth look at historically black college athletics, as well as the biggest news stories and newsmakers of the day. It's time to talk the talk with those who walk the walk. From the press box to press row, here's your host, Donald Ware. A little bit after seven here in the East, four out West. You've got it locked to box to row on ESPNU Radio on Sirius XM. I am your host, Donald Ware. So excited to be with you as I am each and every week because we've got college football to talk about. We've got some coaches, right, to talk to today. And so it's always a good time uh, when we can communicate. And, of course, you can hit us up via Twitter at Botchtoro, B-O-X-T-O-R-O-W, B-O-X-T-O-R-O-W. Momentarily, I'm going to set the table for you in terms of who's joining us today. And I think we've got some pretty good guests. Like, I think each week we have good guests, and today is absolutely no Different. When you look, did did you see the football game last night between Prairie View A&M and Arkansas Pine Bluff I, last week? So, well, not last week. Excuse me. So, on the HBCU Football Daily Podcast, which airs Monday through Friday, on our website at boxtorow.com. You can also find it at other places, iHeartMedia. You can find it on Apple Podcasts, etc., etc. I said that. This would be a game, I think, that Prairie View A&M would win somewhere between by somewhere between 10 and 14 points. And I talked about the fact that I thought Prairie View A&M's defense was really, really good. Uh, you know, Arkansas Pine Bluff has been okay, but Prairie View A&M has been, been good. Like, PV has been good this year. Yeah, so, you, you know, they got, you know, got blown out in one non-conference game. This season, but you know, has won some good games, and so wouldn't you know it? Last night, PV defeated UAPB twenty-seven to seventeen. This was a football game that actually had a lot of big plays in the football game. But true to what I was saying, that PV defense, for the most part, so the PV defense did give up. A really, really big play as Josh Wilkes. I mean, it was an excellent throw, right, by Xavier Vaughn and an excellent catch by Josh Wilkes. Josh Wilkes is a playmaker, and I don't think, you know, the Golden Lions haven't been getting the ball to Josh Josh Wilkes like they have needed to this year. So he catches one. I mean, he goes and gets it uh, in stride, catches it off the tip of his fingers, hauls it in. Burns everybody, 82 yards. It was a great throw. I mean, it must have been, you know, 40 yards in the air. And that was the one big play, but it was a it, it pulled at that time Arkansas Pine Bluff to within 14 to 9 because 
it looked like it was going to be a blowout, right? But, and then I'll talk with you more about the game, what happened, give you my thoughts on the football game uh, as well as we go on here on Box to Row on ESPNU Radio on Sirius XM. Let me set the table for you. We're also going to talk about some of the big games that are going to happen in HBCU football. Like, I mean, there generally will have a game of the week. But there are so many big games that are happening. Not only the game yesterday was a big game, and I'm going to tell you why. But also, I mean, tomorrow, like you've got a plethora of really big games on the schedule. Some that already are going to have conference implications moving forward as the game did on yesterday. So I look forward to talking some week five in HBCU football here on the program. Look, Donald Hill Ely is the head football coach at Alabama State. Alabama State's got a big time football game tomorrow in Tallahassee taking on Florida A&M. It's an important game for both because it's a SWAC Eastern Division game. But it's more important for Florida A&M because FAMU is already down one in the SWAC's Eastern Division by virtue of its 7-6 loss to Jackson State to open the season. So a really important game more so for Florida A&M. Still obviously important for Alabama State, who, by the way, coming off a really big win against Bethune-Cookman last Saturday. Like, that's a huge win uh, for the Hornets. Like, I did, I mean, if I'm honest, I didn't see it coming. I thought that the way Bethune-Cookman played Alabama A&M the week before that and with opportunities to really fought, right? So I thought they would build on fighting to come back. They came back in that football game, came back down like, I think 17 points to pull to within three with still another opportunity to possibly take the lead. Started to stymie that Alabama A&M defense late while scoring points. And maybe I, I thought that may transition over to the game against Alabama State, but it not quite. It didn't. And so Alabama State with a big win has put itself in good position so far. I mean, we're early, right? We're early. Most teams have played a game in conference. Some have played two games in conference. And so Donald Hill Ely is the head football coach at Alabama State. He's going to join us on the program. So if you didn't see this, the MEAC Conference and Syracuse signed an agreement, and the agreement – was that what in essence will happen is that Syracuse will play a lot of the teams from the MEAC. So it's a partnership. It's sort of like a partnership deal, a really cool deal, actually. You know, it's like an alliance. We, we, we talk about alliances, right? I mean, you talk about the SEC going out, getting Texas, getting Oklahoma, A lot of the other conferences come together to form an alliance or an understanding, right, to say, okay, listen, the SEC was already the big dog. Now they're the bigger dog because 
mean, again, if you get a school like Texas, like you get Texas, got its own network, the Longhorn Network, okay? As big as the state is, you know the institution, the the the, the big school in the state is going to be loaded, right? So that's a big get. You get Oklahoma, who's a perennial power in college football. It's huge. So they had to do an alliance. Well, this isn't sort of, this is not the same type of alliance but what Syracuse looked at is said look okay let's schedule with a purpose so Syracuse decided to schedule with a purpose and listen you can't go anywhere nowadays without hearing the term HBCU right I mean I can you know I think back to like you know maybe I mean I look back I don't know Four or five years ago, yeah, you know, I mean, we know about HBCU. If you're from an HBCU, you know about HBCU, right? Or if you had parents that went to HBCUs, you know the importance of HBCUs and what they mean. But now we're seeing that everybody understands. Deion Sanders comes to Jackson State. Eddie George goes to Tennessee State. Uh, you look, and that's just a couple. You look at, you know, Shaquille O'Neal, uh, his son and daughter have committed to Texas Southern. I mean, and that's not a hard one. I mean, Johnny Jones is the head coach. Johnny Jones coached, you know, Shaquille O'Neal as an assistant in, at LSU. I mean, that's not hard. But just the fact that they decided, it, well, it's not a hard choice if they were to go to an HBCU. It's going to be Texas Southern. But just the fact that they're going to an HBCU. It's pretty cool. Um, you know, you look at all, everything that's happening is like really, really big in the HBCU world where everybody knows HBCU. So, Syracuse's athletic director has a relationship with the current athletics, or the current commissioner of the MEAC, who, by the way, Dennis Thomas is going to retire at the end of the year. And, they signed an agreement. So as part of this agreement, there'll be some, you know, partnership opportunities between Syracuse and some of the MEAC schools, uh, not just on the athletic field, but from an educational standpoint, a partnership standpoint. I mean, Syracuse is a really, really big school, but that doesn't mean Syracuse has everything, right? And you've got great institu- uh, institutions in the MEAC. All of them are great, Right. So that's great. You do have some games that are going to be coming up soon. Uh, Morgan's, good, Morgan's women's basketball is going to play Syracuse women's basketball, I think, in 2003. Morgan and Syracuse going to get together on the gridiron in 2009. I know that seems like a long time away, but there are even, I uh, see, UMES and another school. I think it may be Norfolk State. Softball will be playing Syracuse on next year. So it's a great alliance. Well, With that, Syracuse's football program doing pretty good right now. Three and one on the season. Dino Babers is the head football coach at Syracuse. And Dino Babers is going to join us today here on Box to Row on ESPNU Radio on Sirius XM. So we've got some really good coaches, some good conversation. So sit back, relax for about the next 48 minutes or so, it is you and I, 
And then, of course, it'll be UI and Dino Babers. It'll be UI and Donald Hill Ely, both of those gentlemen to come a little bit later on here on the program. So let's do this. We're going to step aside. We'll take a break. We'll come back. We'll be joined by Dino Babers, the head football coach at Syracuse. On the way, it's more of From the Press Box to Press Row with Donald Ware. Right, 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 right here. Right here on ESPNU Radio on Sirius XM. Hi, everyone. This is the Chakra Doctor, and I wanted to give you all a big thank you for making Miracle Food the number one detox program on the market. I also would like to give a warm welcome to all of my newcomers and first-time triers of Miracle Food. Miracle Food is the Bruce Lee Jeet Kune Do of the holistic world. Now, I'm not saying that there aren't other healers out there with products and services. I'm just clarifying that Miracle Food is the best. Come see what the hype is about at ChakraDoctor.org or call me at 818 818- Four two nine one six seven five. Hello, my name is Precious Rose Dunlap, and this is my mother, Michelle Timberlake Roll, founder of Marjorie's Beef Jerky Incorporated. We would at this time like to thank our new customers as well as our repeating customers for your business. For every one million orders that we receive, our company is giving two million dollars away to the bottom of four hundred of our paid customers. You see, that's the way we roll. So come place an order at www. Marjorie's Beef Jerky.com. That's www.marjoriesbeefjerky.com. Marjorie's Beef Jerky is the best tasting beef jerky on this planet. Marjorie's Beef Jerky.com. Yeah, that's right. Because that's the way we roll. Now, back to From the Press Box to Press Row with Donald Ware on ESPNU Radio on Sirius XM. We track down the names making news in sports from the Press Box to Press Row. It's Donald Ware from the Press Box to Press Row. Dino Babers is in his sixth season as the head football coach at Syracuse. Prior to that, the head football coach at both Bowling Green and Eastern Illinois. The Orange 3-1 on the season. And, of course, this upcoming week playing at Florida State. As Dino Babers joins us here on Box to Row. Coach Babers, welcome to the program. Thank you. Thank you very much. How are you doing? Doing great. Uh, just want to get your thoughts. The win against Liberty by three points, a field goal. Your thoughts on the victory. You know, it was a great team win. It was a, one of those games that I'm sure for the fans on a Friday night was was really, really good. And uh, it went down to the very end, and we got that field goal with no time left, and we were lucky. Coach Coach Freeze does a heck of a job, and that Willis, the quarterback that he has, I'm sure he's going to be a number one draft choice. It was a good win for us. We were lucky to come out with the victory, but we're excited about how the season has started for us. No question about it. Take us through that last drive to set up the game-winning field goal because you started at your own eight. <laughs> well, we technically we didn't start at our we started at our own eight, and we ended up having to punt, and we punted to them, and they actually got the ball back, and then their quarterback went back to pass, and we uh, we hit him, and it turned into a fumble, and I want to say it was somewhere around the forty-three yard line, something like that. And then uh, we got the ball, we got the ball and ran it down to like the 30-something, 32-33. And then our 
field goal kicker came in with uh, one second left on the clock and, and hit the game winner. So it was extremely exciting. Yeah. A, a third of the way through the season, uh, three and one, as I mentioned, just your thoughts on where you are at this point. You know, we, uh, we're one game from having a perfect record. We, we, you know, we, we wish we had another opportunity, but I'm sure that Liberty and other schools wish they had another opportunity at us. You know, you can't look in the uh, rearview mirror. You got to look through the windshield, and the windshield says we're three and one, and we'll take that. It's it's not an it's not an A, but it's not an F, a D, or a C either. Yeah, no, I would say <laughs> I would say so. It's hard to win. I mean, no matter who you're playing, right? Like it's hard to win in college football, but you're seventy five percent having won three or four. Yeah, I need to go a little bit better than that. Seventy five percent is average. We don't like being average, so. So we're at 75%, and we get another opportunity, uh, eight more opportunities, which is really a blessing, and maybe nine. Yeah. Uh, your running back, Sean Tucker, has been unbelievable uh, so far for you this season. Your thoughts on how he has performed? Well, Sean is just doing an amazing job. Now that we're moving into the ACC, it's going to be difficult for him to continue to put up the numbers that he's, that he's put up, but we're going to see uh, how it goes. Dino Babers, again in his sixth season as the head football coach at Syracuse, joins us here on Box to Row. I want to get, excuse me, your thoughts as Syracuse, uh, as a program, has signed a 10-year scheduling agreement uh, with the MEAC. I just want to get your thoughts on that. What do you, what do you think about that? I think, it's, I think it's cutting edge. I really do. I'm so excited that our young men, and our young women in this program get an opportunity to mix it up with the HBCUs. Uh, one of my uh, head coaching stops was at Eastern Illinois University, and Tennessee State was actually in our conference. So we got to play uh, Tennessee State every year, you know, got an opportunity to go down to their campus. And, and I've been on a couple of uh, HBCUs campuses, you know, Hampton, uh, Grambling, Florida A&M, Prairie View A&M. I've been on those campuses, and uh, – you know, I, I think it's awesome, an institution of higher learning and, and good football as well. So it's, it's one of the things that uh, I'm really proud of, and I think our guys are going to really get a blast out of it. Yeah, of course, you're, you went head up with, uh, of course, Rod Reed back in those days um, at Tennessee State, when, well, when you were at Eastern Illinois. Uh, you're, what do you remember most? Like, you come into – that was your first head coaching uh, position. You come in – uh, you guys have success in the OVC right away, finishing first. As a matter of fact, the the only two years uh, that you were there, your last year, you go to the quarterfinals of the FCS playoffs. What do you remember most about those days at Eastern Illinois? You know, the things I remember the most is is, is the travel. You know, you're very humbleized. It's get in the bus, Gus, forget about us. <laughs> <laughs> You know, and you, you wake up and you wake up, you use the bathroom and you eat and you get back on the bus and you go to sleep and you wake up and you're there. And then on the way back, they don't feed you. You just get to stop at some restroom stop on the freeway, make sure the number counts right and get back in the bus. But it was it was the true love of football and everybody that was on those teams really enjoyed it. And uh, I thought that was I thought that stuff was really cool to me. That's uh that's the salt of the earth right there, guys that really love the game and they're doing and playing it for all the right reasons. What does it mean to you? I mean, to the point right now, I mean, <laughs> Coach Babers, not many bus rides now that you're up in Syracuse, right? Power 5 football. <laughs> not much now, but I, I tell you what, sometimes when you're going to Tallahassee 
and you're going to Clemson, you still have to get on a bus sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> of course, you will be uh, in Tallahassee uh, this Saturday. We'll talk more about that. Dino Babers, the head football coach at Syracuse, joins us here on the program. So for you, I mean, you were almost, you were an assistant coach for almost 30 years before you even got the opportunity at Eastern Illinois. We know that there are a lack of black head coaches uh, at the FBS level. Now, I would, I would, I mean, I don't know. It may, it, there may be more of a lack of black coaches at the FCS level, non-HBCU, than even uh, in FBS. You've gotten this opportunity. You did very well uh, at, at Bowling Green. Just want to kind of get your thoughts uh, on that in terms of the the fact that it took you 30 years to get to even a head coaching position, and now ultimately you are at Power Five Syracuse. You know, I first of all, it's it's God's will. I'm just uh, you know I'm I'm lucky. I'm humbled by it. Uh, I really do enjoy leading young men, and and by no means am I perfect, but I try to. You know, I, I try really hard to do things right, and I try to make people better fathers, better sons, better husbands. Be better than me. Don't be like me. Be better. And that's kind of like our, our family cry. But when the Eastern Illinois thing, when I went out there and, uh, you know, somebody came up and said, do you realize that you're the first black head coach uh, in the state of Illinois? And I said, that's not true, because I said Northwestern's had numerous black head coaches. And they said, oh, I meant that's not at a private institution. And I said, well, you need to check that. I said, because, you know, you got Division One, you got Division One AA. And, and they said, no, Coach, you're, you're the first one. And I said, that, uh, that can't be right. But that's what the guy wrote, that I was the first one in the state of Illinois ever. And the, my first response is, wow, that's not good. You know, that's not good, considering that was 2012. Yeah, that that's uh, that's really unfortunate, and I think I think the more opportunities that people get, regardless of who they are, I think the more opportunities they're going to have of people to to prove themselves and to maybe prove people that they're more than capable of of doing that stuff. And all I want to do is not mess it up, and hopefully, when I'm gone, that I gave one or two other people an opportunity to do the things that I that I've done because I'm really. I'm really blessed to be able to do these things, and I, and by no means do I think I'm the smartest man in the world. So um, there's more young people out there capable of doing the things that I've done, and if I'm doing something to make it easier, one step easier for them to follow, then uh, uh, that's exciting for me. And that and the thing about it, you know, Syracuse struggled a little bit, you know, your not before you, and then your first couple of years, you're trying to establish a program, and then 2018. Ten and three, six and two in the conference, and winning a bowl game. Yeah, those were those were fun times, and then, and uh, those were exciting times. And they haven't had a bunch of times like that. And we're in a rush to get back to that again. And you know, we play in a different difficult league, and but we wouldn't have it any other way. And we play in a in a very exciting conference, and we wouldn't have it any other way because when you when you win at this level, you want it to be able to count and. Uh, if you get the right young men and you get the right staff and you get the right administration, the right community, and, the good, and a good student body, you can make things happen even when people think you can't. Last thought with Dino Babers, the head football coach at Syracuse, and we appreciate the time. Coach Babers, your thoughts. Again, you got to go to Tallahassee uh, on Saturday. Uh, your thoughts on maybe some of the challenges that the Seminoles present. 
Well, first of all, Coach Norvell is going to have those guys ready. They're so talented. They have so many football players. And we all know how rich the recruiting bed is in the state of Florida. And we're going to go down there. We've, we've never won down there. And we know that we're going to have to cross T's and dot I's. And if it's close in the fourth quarter, maybe, we can, maybe we'll have a chance. But it's a very, very difficult place to win. And the reason being is because they have fantastic coaches, very good athletes, and a, and a student body and uh, fans that really makes it tough to win in that location. Dino Babers again, sixth season as the head football coach of the Syracuse Orange, 3-1 and one on the season, Saturday tilt on the road against Florida State. Coach Babers, appreciate the time. Continued success to you and the Orange. Thank you so much. Go Orange. Prime opportunity for Syracuse on tomorrow. Game is in Tallahassee, and it is indeed a tough place to play. You look at Florida State, started the season off halfway decent, right? Overtime loss to Notre Dame. Then the next week, lost to Jacksonville State, FCS Jacksonville State. Then two weeks ago to Wake Forest, and last week, losing to Louisville. So Florida State's going to be hungry. Florida State needs a win right now. Uh, but this is an opportunity for Syracuse. You look at the Orange, 3-1 and one on the season. Doesn't matter who you beat. Doesn't matter how you get there. The bottom line is the Orange want to keep that momentum going. And who knows? The ACC is up for grabs uh, right now. The ACC is, like, up for grabs right now. So it really – I mean, anybody – could ultimately win this conference this year. Your thoughts on anything that Dino Babers had to say, hit us up via Twitter at BoxToRow, B-O-X-T-O-R-O-W. Still to come here on the program, Alabama State head football coach Donald Hill Ely. But up next, let's talk week five in HBCU football. On ESPNU Radio, right here on Sirius XM. Welcome back to Box to Row on ESPNU Radio on Sirius XM. Week five of the HBCU football season kicked off yesterday. Prairie View AM's 27 to 17 victory over Arkansas Pine Bluff. Uh Listen, you look at the plays in this game, first and foremost. A lot of really, really big plays in this football game. I mean, you look at Jawan Pass, the quarterback for Prairie View AM, who had two rushing touchdowns in this game. He had a 59-yard touchdown run. As a matter of fact, we had three back-to-back-to-back really big plays. Pass's 59-yard touchdown run that put – uh, PV up 7-3 at that time. Then you look at Brooks's 83-yard touchdown run for PV. Put the Panthers up 14-3 at the time. And then ultimately, the Golden Lions were able to respond. Josh Wilkes, the 82-yard touchdown pass uh, from Xavier Vaughn. So, I mean, you had three huge plays in this football game. And, and I'm going to talk about the game, but I'm gonna I'm gonna tell you what to me, sort of where I think Prairie View A&M won this football game. And again, they had momentum off the jump, 
right? 14-3 lead. But the Golden Lions able to score. Again, as I mentioned, that was a just a big-time throw and a big-time catch for Arkansas Pine Bluff. It pulled Pine Bluff. They missed the extra point, but it pulled Pine Bluff to within 14 to 9. I'm going to tell you the key play in the game that for me it said okay, Prairie View A&M is coming to play uh they're they're not going to play conservative and and they want to you know, obviously they want to win the football game, but I thought I thought at that point they would they did take control of the football game. So after I mentioned the big play by Arkansas Pine Bluff and again it pulled the Golden Lions to within 14 to 9. Ensuing possession. Now you know if you're if you're Arkansas Pine Bluff, you're pumped up a little bit more. Yeah, you've given up two huge runs, right? But now you're a little bit more pumped up. Your offense went back and got a really big play. So you're pumped up and pumped up to the point that you stymie Prairie View AM and put the Panthers in a I can't remember if it was a fourth and five situation. I think it was a, like a fourth and ten situation, right? So the Panthers are moving left to right. If you're watching the TV, moving left to right. So the ball is on the right hash or the near sideline hash. And they run a play, right? Run a Just run a, a play where the wide receiver, right, he goes and uh, just runs his route, right? But he had beaten the corner and passed, just threw it out there. Threw out there the, to, for the wide receiver to go and get it. It went for 28 yards, and it went for a first down. Ultimately, Prairie View A&M would score on this drive. And I thought that was just a key, you know, a really big, just a really big play in the football game. As a matter of fact, it was Antonio Mullins who caught the ball. And, I mean, if you really, like when I had to go back, I watched a good part of the game. And when I had to go back, that play was went for 28 yards, right? You, I mean, again, you need, I think it was 10 yards, but let's just say it's 5 or 10 yards, whatever it is. You're probably running something that's just going to get you that first down. Um, and they ran something where the ball was thrown in the air. It was a 28-yard play. He catches the ball, gets tackled out of the bounds, to, out of bounds to the near sideline. So you know, balls in the air for you know, in essence, 24, 25 yards, and you only need 15 yards. So that just showed me right there. And then again, as I mentioned, ultimately, uh, the Panthers would go on to score, and you know, sort of open the lead and regain the momentum in that football game, right? Matter of fact, seven plays, 56 yards, as I look at it right here, took three minutes and nine seconds. But that fourth down play was absolutely key. I, I, I said it coming in. The Panthers' defense is solid. And see, this is what Prairie View A&M was missing on last year. It was missing a defense. Had a good offense last couple of years, as a matter of fact. And again, some pretty good players on offense just not playing as a cohesive unit. Well, that's not the case this year so far. And further to the point, right? I mean, you in Skylar Perry, the quarterback for UAPB, you know, struggling a little bit, right? You look at 
the combined quarterback stats for UAPB. 13 of 37, 166 yards, one touchdown, one interception. That's not good. Like, that's well below 50% completion percentage. That I mean, what is that? That's, that's not even 30%. Uh, well, it may be right around 30% in terms of the completion percentage. That's because of Prairie View A&M's defense. All right, because Skylar Perry's a pretty good quarterback. You look at the running game for UAPB, just 58 yards rushing. So, I mean, if you take away the 82-yard play, I mean, maybe they gather some more yards on that particular drive, but if you take away that big play, I mean, you're talking about Prairie View A&M holding the Golden Lions to under 100 yards passing also. I mean, we could look at it, different dynamics in the game, right? I mean, maybe they still get to the 100 yards on that drive, but that was a really, really big play. And then offensively, listen, Jawan Pass in the game, 17 to 28, 145 yards, no touchdowns, no interceptions, but he rushed for another 70 yards and two touchdowns. Uh, Listen, I mean, he can play. Uh, There's no question about it. And a lot of where Prairie View A&M goes this year is going to be predicated on how pass plays. Now, if you're the Golden Lions, right, you've got an issue. And your issue is you've already lost two games in the West. Remember last week, lost a heartbreaker, had Alcorn State on the ropes, had them by a couple of touchdowns. I think it was actually three scores. In our, in Alcorn at home, and Alcorn State came all the way back to win that football game. So now you have a problem if you're Arkansas Pine Bluff because now you're down two losses, not just in the conference, but in the Western Division of the SWAC. How do you come back from that? Alcorn State has the tiebreaker against you. Prairie View A&M has the tiebreaker against you. Now, I mean, those two teams are going to have to play each other, so you know there's going to be at least one loss amongst those two teams. But listen, they'd have to lose three games in the conference for Arkansas Pine Bluff to even have an opportunity. So Arkansas Pine Bluff, just I tell you, that's a tough way, right? Tough thing to happen to lose two games in the conference this early in the season. And you're the Western Division champs. So it's going to, I mean, it's going to be, it's going to be, it's going to be tough to say the least, for Arkansas Palm Bluff. Now, for Prairie View A&M moving forward, Bethune-Cookman's the next team, but that's a bye. So, but that's after a bye week. So Prairie View A&M has a bye week coming at probably, I don't know, I, you know, is it coming at the right time? Like, I don't know, three straight wins? Eh, maybe not, right? Like, you've got momentum. Eh, maybe not coming at the right time. But, Listen, Eric Dooley's doing a good job. Prairie View A&M uh, is, is – I'm going to tell you what, Prairie View A&M uh, is getting it done so far. Your thoughts. Did you see the game? If you did, hit me up via Twitter at box to row B-O-X-T-O-R-O-W. you have any thoughts on the game, any thoughts on PV, or any thoughts on UAPB? So, you know, week five, and, you know, we got some pretty intriguing games. One of the games that's really intriguing me, it's not a conference game, but old conference rivals, South Carolina State 
and Bethune-Cookman get together. The game is going to be in Orangeburg. It, 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 both teams need a win. But South, but Bethune-Cookman's 0-4 record feels different to me than South Carolina State's 0-3 record. I mean, they're both 0-4. Yeah, Bethune-Cookman has one more game, but I don't mean it like that. In other words, South Carolina State has uh, its three losses. One was to Alabama A&M in a shootout in Orange, uh, excuse me, in uh, in 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 um, Huntsville, in Huntsville, right? And then South Carolina State also had two losses to FBS opponents. Meanwhile, if I look at Bethune Cookman, again, you talk about get being out of a conference race before you even get into it. Well, right now that is where Bethune Cookman sits. Now, you know, maybe some opportunities. I don't know though. Uh, I, I feel like Bethune Cookman has more of an opportunity to win the East, which is still slim at this point than Arkansas Pine Bluff has to win the Western division, but losses to Alabama A&M and to Alabama state really hurt. And oh, by the way, you still have Jackson State and Florida A&M on the schedule. So that's what I mean when I say South Carolina State's uh, 0-3 looks better to me than Bethune-Cookman's. But, boy, Bethune-Cookman, I mean, both teams, you know, looking for wins. It's a non-conference game. But if you're Bethune-Cookman, you need something to go right for you right now. You need this win going up – you know, next up against Valley, right? Like that, you know, you, I mean, you should win that game, but who knows, right? Valley's got North Carolina Central tomorrow. That game is at home. Um, but then after Valley, PV, Jackson State, Alcorn State, Grambling, FAMU to close out the season. Boy, tough times for Bethune-Cookman. But again, intriguing game. Old MEAC rivalry, you know when the two get together, both coaches know each other pretty well, so it should be an interesting football game. Up next here on Box to Row on ESPNU Radio, we're going to be joined by Alabama State head football coach Donald Hill Ely as the Hornets have a big football game of their own on the road in Tallahassee against Florida A&M. The old renaissance is the new renaissance. Standing on tradition while embracing the spirit of distinction. This is the Harlem Brewing Company. Uniquely crafted beer brewed to deliver a taste, a sound, and a feeling that can only be described in one way. Harlem style. So come and take a trip on the A-Train with our Harlem Sugar Hill Golden Ale and our Harlem Renaissance Whip Beer. The neighborhood original. Sponsored by Harlem Beer Distributing North Carolina. For more information, Log on to their website at HarlemBeerNC.com. Hi, everyone. This is the Chakra Doctor, and I wanted to give you all a big thank you for making Miracle Food the number one detox program on the market. I also would like to give a warm welcome to all of my newcomers and first-time triers of Miracle Food. Miracle Food is the Bruce Lee Jeet Kune Do of the holistic world. Now, I'm not saying that there aren't other healers out there with products and services. I'm just clarifying that Miracle Food is the best. Come see what the hype is about at ChakraDoctor.org or call me at 818 818- 
Now, back to From the Press Box to Press Row with Donald Ware on ESPNU Radio on Sirius XM. Donald Ware. Donald Ware. Donald Ware. Donald Hill Ely is in his fifth season as the head football coach at Alabama State. The Hornets 2-1 and one on the season coming off a big 38-24 victory last Saturday. And another big game against Florida A&M on Saturday. Again, as Donald Hill Ely does here on Box to Row. Coach Hill Ely, welcome back to the program. What's going on, my brother? Um, so two and one, good, good start. Uh, good win, really, really good win, actually, against Bethune-Cookman, who the previous week played Alabama A&M really well. Um, we are, you know, three games in, uh, fifth week with a uh, an opening week. Uh, your thoughts on the way your team has played so far this season? You know, I, I think that, you know, I, I had mixed feelings about playing in the spring and turning right back around and playing in the fall, but um, you know, the, I, I'm really seeing the benefit of those guys uh, having those games in the spring to really be able to develop and fine-tune. And, uh, you know, they've been playing well. Uh, you know, cor- corrections has been on, you know, on a minimum. Uh, and, and, you know, and, and the actual uh, athleticism is, is over the top. So I've been real impressed with uh, how they uh, responded and returned uh, for this fall campaign. The win over Bethune-Cookman really was huge because, you know, you're coming off the loss against Auburn a week off, then you play Bethune, big win. Your thoughts uh, on that 38-24 to victory over the Wildcats? Well, you know what, to, to take on a, a program as, as rich in tradition as Bethune and to be able to play them and knowing that, you know, they had uh, – you know they were were 0-3 in the conference, so we knew that they were going to come and play us extremely hard. And just to meet match that intensity and to be able to get out of there with, uh, with a win was impressive. Uh, you know for our guys, and and I, I think it really uh, you know gave them some a lot of confidence that they could play with anybody. Does it help? You know, I mean, you're an old you know you're an old MEAC guy, right? Like, does it help? Sort of knowing. That staff there at Bethune Cookman does does that does that help? I'm sure it helps in terms of your preparation, but does that help knowing that knowing that staff? You know what it, it does. You know you look back at your notes and all those things that you have from before, and just like anybody else, I mean they've changed a lot from when I went against you know was going against them uh, when I was at Morgan. So a lot of the offensive stuff had changed, the defense, you know, personnel had changed. But one of the most notable things was the different and, you know, it used to look out there, Bethune-Cookman's team, and it was uh, – they looked like a FBS team. Uh, and now you could see, you know, because of, of everybody, you know, having those opportunities to recruit, you don't see as many of, of those four- and five-star guys that they used to have uh, throughout their team. Donald Hill Ely is the head football coach at Alabama State in his fifth season. He joins us here on Box to Row. Your thoughts, you know, you looked at Ryan Nettles going back to 2019. You look at him uh, in the spring. You look at the numbers. He's completing 63% of his passes, two touchdowns to three interceptions on the season. Your thoughts on how he's played so far this year? Uh, Again, another young man that every single play is getting better. And uh, and I think, you know, now uh, people, you know, were kind of, well, you know, he had a big game and then they were like, well, you know, let's see if he can do it again. And now week in and week out, he's having big games. And he gets the guys to play 
perform and make plays and and that you know everything that you want to have a quarterback smart strong arm elusive and a leader yeah and then the running game Ezra Gray you know speak to him I mean this guy you know coming in all world you know Ezra is, a, is you know again a 4.0 student that uh it, that that translate right over to football. I mean, a four 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 three guy that on any possession he can score, uh, and a, a great leader on, uh, for our program. And uh, you know, and just happy that you know he's here with us. Donald Hill Ely, the head football coach at Alabama State, joins us here on the program. Uh, Florida A and M. I mean, it's another big game for you. They come, you know, sort of back to back. The two Florida schools. Um, you know, you, you've got to go on the road uh, to face them. Your thoughts on what the Rattlers bring to the table? You know what? Uh, Coach Simmons is doing a great job with that program. They have a lot of speed. They can hurt you in the, in the return game. They can hurt you offensively. Uh, defensively, they, they're stout, uh, playing with a lot of speed. Uh, I think they've just given up a, just a little bit over 100 yards in rushing, and uh, they're playing some good football down there. So we got our work cut cut out for us. As I tell you know, told the players, going in Tallahassee is a little different animal play. You know, they have a a crowd that I mean, it, it it'll remind you of Alcorn how that crowd uh, becomes that 12th man on the field. I mean, so we got our work cut out for us. You know, exciting times for you there. You know, UCLA's on the schedule next year. Uh, South Carolina State on the schedule in 2023. I know, you know, I know you like to play a lot of the HBCUs. Um, speak to that. I mean, are you are you looking to build that up uh, a little bit more in terms of those out of conference games in the future? Do you? I mean, the money's good from the Auburns and so forth, right? Do you like those, or do you have a is this a balance somewhere with that? You know, I I think at one time we needed those games to survive because you know, of just the interest in HBCU uh, athletics. But, you know, now we've gotten to a point where the HBCU athletics sell just as good as any other. So we could take, you know, a good HBCU rivalry and make that and make probably double what these schools are paying us, you know. Uh, so I'm, I'm, you know, it's a great trip for the fans to say we're going to UCLA and maybe a great experience for the players, but it's not on my bucket list. I mean, it's, it's just – uh, you know, I mean, we're going all the way out west, and and it'll probably be a great opportunity for them to play. But logistically, it's going to be a pain in the bud, and it's just it's going to be a tough road, you know, road to go for a couple hundred thousand dollars. I mean, I think you know a lot of that kind of stuff is was found, you know, could be found closer and can be generated, uh, you know, with uh, playing some of our local OSIEC rivals, you know, as we've done with Miles and Tuskegee and possibly a clock. So that that way, that money is regenerated back in our own community, opposed to going and being a sideshow uh, or adding our experience to you know to the uh, to that particular game. But hey, it's what it is. Yeah. Last thought: having a guy like a Titus Howard in the National Football League with the Texans, former first round draft pick. Um, two a two part question: What does that mean to you? Uh, and then ultimately, how has that helped you in recruiting? You know what? Um, you know, Titus is a well-deserving guy. I mean, it, he worked his butt off to get to where he is. Uh, you know, I've had 
you know, I'm been doing this thing for almost 30 years now. So, you know, he's not my first guy to go to the NFL, but he's my first guy to ever go in the first round. So, you know, it, it's one of those ones where, you know, the when you look back over your labor, you know, and, and you look at some of the accomplishments that you're able to make, uh, you know, as a coach and as a person, to be able to take minimum resources and develop a guy to be in the first class of guys selected in the first round, it, you know, it, it gives you a little, you know, a little pat on the back to say, okay, you're doing it, doing it the right way and you're doing a good job. But now it's time to, you know, move to that next guy that's going to be Titus Howard. And, um, and, you know, and, but I'm happy for him and definitely glad that he, you know, that he's, he's there uh, with what it does for him recruiting if a kid knows he can come here and go first round, that means it's access. So that that knock that you normally get at the house, uh, how many guys you got in the pros? Do, do the scouts come to your school? All those kind of things. They don't ask me that anymore because they, you know they they've seen uh, Alabama State and Titus Howard be called in the first round, so they know the the opportunity is great. Do you have a Titus Howard type of player? I don't mean it necessarily an offensive lineman, but one of those that comes out of nowhere uh, in essence, right? I mean, he did. He was a quarterback for you when he first came in. He redshirted. Mm -hmm. Do you have any of those kind of players on your roster now? Well, you look at Ezra Gray. You know, Ezra Gray uh, chose to come to Alabama State, uh, you know, was under-recruited, came in and just wanted to get a shot. And now this guy's uh, the one every academic award that's been uh, presented at this level and has an opportunity to play on Sundays. Donald Hill Illy, again in his fifth season as the head football coach at Alabama State, joins us here on the program. The Hornets on the road on Saturday, a big game in the SWAC East against Florida A&M. Coach Hill Illy, always appreciate the time. Continued success to you and the Hornets. Thank you, my brother, and always good to you know, be on your show and looking forward to all, all that you do for us. Thank you, Coach Hill Illy. Always appreciate having – Alabama State head football coach Donald Hill Ely on the program. We go back. I mean, this show has been on the air, what, 16 years? And going back to his Morgan State days, I mean, he's been coming on box to row for quite some time. Any thoughts on anything that Donald Hill Ely had to say? Hit me up via Twitter at box to row B-O-X-T-O-R-O-W. Alabama State has its hands full. So does Florida A&M. Uh, against Alabama State and Alabama State against Florida A&M. Both teams have their hands full. So I want to look at some of the games for week five to kind of look at, right? now. You know, I looked at the schedule, and I'm going to tell you a game that's kind of sneaky. Kentucky State is at home against Savannah State. Now, Savannah State has been picked to win the SIAC, but Savannah State, or, but Kentucky State has played decent. Uh, One-point loss to Kentucky Wesleyan. Yeah, lost to Tennessee State 41-7, but you would expect that. Um, And Kentucky State doesn't do a bad job of stopping the run, and that is the strength. Matter of fact, that's all that Savannah State does. Was it last game? Savannah State threw like one pass. All Savannah State does is run the football. That's one of those sneaky games. When I look at Virginia Union and Shaw, that game going to be played in Richmond, Virginia. Right, like Shaw, I think, can take that next step. So far, so decent of a season. Yeah, it's an, it, it, it's not a – it's, you know, Shaw's in the north or in the south and Virginia Union's in the north. So, 
a loss really by either team doesn't really matter. But if you're Sean, you want to take that next step, right? You know it's going to be between Shaw and Fayetteville State at this point for the, the, the uh, Southern Division. So if you're Shaw, you want to see about taking sort of that next step in the progression. Benedict and Fort Valley State, SIAC action, right? Like both teams are still in this thing. Uh, so that should be a, a, a pretty good game. Hampton and Norfolk, out-of-conference game, old rivalry going back to the CIAA days. Battle of the Bay, it's going to be at Hampton. Both teams are playing relatively well, right? Like that's a, that's a, that's a, that's a, you know, it's non-conference, but a win, either team wins that game. You know, Hampton wins. They, they're feeling pretty good going into Big South play. Norfolk State wins. It's feeling pretty good about, you know, in terms of or going into MEAC play, right? Uh, oh, the game that really intrigues me, Miles in Albany State. SIAC matchup, intra-divisional matchup. When the two teams have met going back to 19 and 18, the last two football seasons for the SIAC, Albany State won the regular season matchup. But Miles won the SIAC championship game when the two teams got together. So that's the game I'm really, really intrigued by and really going to have my eye on. So got to get ready to run here on Box to Row. Hope you enjoyed the program. We're here on ESPNU Radio on Sirius XM each and every week, 7 p.m. Eastern, 4 Pacific. Thank you to Dino Babers, the head football coach at Syracuse. Also, Donald Hill Ely, the head football coach at Alabama State, for joining us on today's program. For more information, great content, the HBCU coaches and media polls, log on to our website, BoxToRow.com. And always remember to support those that support you. Box to Row on ESPNU Radio on Sirius XM is produced by DW Communications. 